Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about... Psychosis Episode 3, a Wikipedia reading. So far we've uh, worked out that psychosis is um, what is judged as a dysfunctional relationship uh, with reality. Um, it's actually rather interesting in terms of that there's... Um, trauma, um, physical injury can cause cause it, and so you can see that um, uh, you, know, you can be you can be psychotic after a, a stroke, uh, and you can drift in, develop it, and stuff like that. It's actually quite um, actually seems to be useful at certain points in time that when the reality that you're working with seems unworkable, you, it, it probably allows you to move laterally across to a new reality, that, that sort of transition period. Uh, that's definitely when after women give birth or after trauma and stuff like that. You can imagine that a trauma is just too hard. Reality allows a sort of a reset to come along. Come along to that. Psychoactive drugs. Various psychoactive substances, both legal and illegal, have been implicated in causing exacerbated and precipitating psychotic states or disorders in users with varying levels of evidence. Hello. Um, you obviously have to include ice in this. This may uh, may be upon intoxication or more prolonged period after use or upon withdrawal. I would say psychoactive drugs and management courses for incompetent people is equivalent to that. Um, Individuals who have a substance-induced psychosis tend to be, have a greater awareness of their psychosis and tend to have a higher level of suicidal thinking compared to um, individuals who have primary psychotic illnesses. Drugs commonly alleged to induce psychotic symptoms include alcohol, cannabis, cocaine, amphetamines, uh, cathodines, psychedelic drugs such as LSD, K-opioid receptor antagonists such as endodine and salivarin A, NMDA receptor antagonists uh, called phenocyline and ketamine. Caffeine may worsen symptoms in those with schizophrenia and cause psychosis at very high doses in people without the condition. Uh, well, th that's pretty amazing um, there. Alcohol. Approximately 3% of people suffering from alcoholism experience psychosis during acute intoxication or withdrawal. Alcohol-related psychosis may manifest itself in a kindling system. The mechanism of alcohol-related psychosis is due to the long-term effects of alcohol consumption, resulting in distortion of neural, neural membranes, gene expression, as well as thiamine deficiency. It's possible that some cases of alcohol abuse by a kindling mechanism can cause the development of a chronic substance-induced psychotic disorder, schizophrenia. The effects of alcohol-related psychosis include an increased risk of depression and suicide, as well as causing psychosocial impairments. Cannabis. According to some studies, the more often cannabis is used, the more likely a person is to develop psychotic illness, with frequent, um, with frequent use being correlated to twice the risk of psychosis and schizophrenia. While cannabis is used, uh, use is accepted as a contributory cause to schizophrenia by some, it remains controversial, uh, with pre-existing vulnerabilities to psychosis emerging as a key factor that influences the link between cannabis and psychosis. 
Yeah, it seems to be such causal, causal studies. Some studies indicate that the effects of two active compounds in cannabis, tetrahydrocannabinoid THC and cannabinoid uh, CBD, have opposite effects with respect to psychosis. While THC can induce psychotic symptoms in healthy individuals, CBD may reduce symptoms used by cannabis. Cannabis used has increased dramatically over the past few decades, whereas the rate of psychosis has not increased. Together, these findings suggest that cannabis use may hasten the onset of psychosis in those who may already be predisposed to psychosis. So, it's just it means that you're you've got more your psychosis. You're going to have psychosis in the next ten years. You have it in the next two. I would say. Uh, High-potency cannabis use indeed seems to accelerate the onset of psychosis in predisposed patients. A 2012 study concluded that cannabis plays an important role in the development of psychosis in vulnerable individuals and that cannabis use in early adolescence should be discouraged, which is your brain is forming. Uh, now, I do know that with PhD students, that's you just... The, well, the ones that I do know, they probably weren't that bright anyway to be taking cannabis, but that's really the end of them. Methamphetamine. Methamphetamine includes, induces psychosis in 26 to 46% of heavy users. Some people develop a long-term lasting psychosis that can persist for longer than six months. Those who've had short-lived psychosis from methamphetamine can have a relapse uh, to the metaphene psychosis years later after a stressful event, such as severe insomnia or a period of heavy alcohol abuse, despite not relapsing back to methamphetamine. Individuals have a long history of metaphene abuse and who have experienced psychosis in the past from metaphene abuse are highly likely to re-experience metaphene psychosis if, the drug is, if drug use is recommenced. Metaphene Metamphetamine induced psychosis is likely to be gated by genetic vulnerability, which can produce long term changes in the brain's neurochemistry following repetitive use. Medication administration, or sometimes withdrawal, of large numbers of medications can provoke psychotic symptoms. Drugs can induce psychosis experimentally or in significant proportions of people included in amphetamine and other sympathometrics, dopamine antagonists, ketamine, corticoids, uh, often with mood changes in addition, and some uh, anti-convestulants like uh, vigorabritin. Stimulants may also cause, uh, include uh, dysdiphetamine, uh, which is really interesting. Uh, one of the really interesting things is in animal studies, in rats and stuff like that, you can really detect um, um, even minute amounts of uh, psychotic um, things. Uh, so, so, you, so like fish and things, you wouldn't think you'd be able to do it, but you can use uh, just motion trackers on rats and fish to see the effects on them, uh, and they do have small effects. I think they've even fed LSD to spiders, which is pretty amazing, because how does that work? Neuroimaging. The first brain image of an individual with psychosis was completed as far back as 1935 using a technique called 
Nemo necleplay, a painful and now obsolete procedure where the serospinal periphery is drained from around the brain and replaced with air to allow the structure of the brain to show up more clearly in an X-ray picture. Oh, far out. Both first uh, episode psychosis and high-risk status is associated with reductions of grey matter volume. The first episode, psychotics, is a high-risk populations are associated with similar but distinct abnormal in G GMV. Reductions in the right middle temporal gyrus, superior temporal gyrus, and right uh, parahippocampus, right hippocampus, right middle frontal gyrus, left anterior cingulate cortex, are observed in high-risk populations. Reduction in first episode psychosis span a region uh, from the right STG uh, to the right insula, left insula, cerebellum, and more severe in the right ACC, uh, right STG, insula, and cerebellum. Another meta-analysis reported bilateral reductions in insula, uh, opercum, STG, medial frontal cortex, and the ACC, but also reported increased grey matter volume in the right lingual gurus and the left precentral gurus. I, I, I think this is just so unlikely. The um, capital, uh, the Carapalillian dichotomy is made questionable by the grey matter abnormalities in bipolar and schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is distinguished from bipolar in the regions of grey matter and the reduction of the generally larger magnitude, although adjusting for gender differences reduce the difference um, to the left dorsomedial prefrontal cortex and the right dorsetal uh, prefrontal cortex. This is one of the most incredible things, I think, in terms of mental build-up. The just hours a day podcasting and reading, uh, I think, really has has an effect, I think, I, I believe, in terms of my abilities. So it's, it's use it or lose it. Hallucinations. Studies during acute experiences of hallucinations demonstrate increased activity in the primary or secondary sensor cortices. As auditory hallucinations are most common in psychosis, most robust evidence exists for increased activity in the left middle temporal gyrus, superior left gyrus, and the left inferior frontal gyrus, the Broca's area. Activity in the ventral stratum, hippocratus, and ACC are related to the lucidity of hallucinations and indicate activation or involvement of emotional circuitry and key to the impact of uh, abnormal activity in sensory cortices. Together, these findings indicate um, abnormal processing of internally generated sensory experiences coupled with abnormal emotional processing results in hallucination, uh, which is rather interesting to me in terms of that um, when people are uh, flood or are stressing, you know, they they want to harass you and they don't let go. When I ask, please, can we stop arguing? Uh, can we stop this? No, they go. Um, I, I do. I do suffer uh, more brain stuff. It is pretty amazing. Uh, okay. Um, together, these findings indicate abnormal processing of internally generated sensory experiences, coupled with abnormal emotional processing, results in hallucinations. I think there's actually more biochemistry uh, that operates in here rather than just a brain thing. One process model involved a failure 
of feed-forward networks from sensory cortices to the inferior frontal cortex, which normally cancels out the sensory cortex activities during internally generated speech. That is, the main thing is that when you speak, you can't hear yourself, otherwise you just go completely mad. The resulting disruption is in expected and perceived speech is thought to produce lucid hallucinatory experiences. Hmm. One of the things is, if you're on beta blockers, you, well, when I first was on them, I had absolutely fantastic dreams, delusions. Now, I think, uh, I think, as I said before, managers are deluded about their own ability and have sufficient um, pathological behavioural activities to suppress uh, people who want to present evidence that they can't manage. The two-factor model for delusion posits the dysfunction in both belief formation systems and belief evaluation systems are necessary for delusions. So they think they're good and they can suppress people who, they, who are evaluating them. Dysfunction in evaluation systems, I think there's institutionalised delusions. I think um, there's a massive culture-wide delusion that we are actually teaching modern science in schools. It's, it's, a, it's a fiction. A fiction that they believe they can teach it and a fiction that they that there's no evaluation against it. Dysfunction in evaluation systems localised to the right lateral prefrontal cortex, regardless of delusion content, is supported by neuroimaging studies and is congruent with the role in conflict monitoring in healthy people. Abnormal activation and reduced volume is seen in people with delusions as well as in disorders associated with delusions, such as frontotemporal uh, dementia psychosis and Lewy body dementia. Furthermore, lesions uh, to the region associated with jumping to conclusions, damage to the regions associated with post-stroke delusions, uh, hypometabolism, this region is associated with candid, uh, called at strokes presenting with delusions. This is, I think, I think, um, I think, so they do they do talk talk about strikes strikes there. And what I like is the salad salad word salad speech that they just toss in everything together and you can't put it across. And I think people are, um, I think psychosis is happening all the time and people are continually monitoring for psychosis. However, I would say. Um, um, like falling in love with a partner is a group, is a shared delusion. Okay, the aberrant salient model suggests the delusions are a result of people assigning excessive importance to irrelevant stimuli. Uh, in support of this hypothesis, regions normally associated with the salience network demonstrate a reduced grey matter in people with delusions. And neurotransmitter dopamine, which is wildly implicated in salience processing, and also widely implicated in psychotic disorders. What I do find is that people who are deluded about their ability make characteristics, they can't help but make characteristics, facial signs or mistakes, or change in voice. If they are deluded about their ability, there is this characteristics. If you look at the tables, that produces characteristics in there, which I think, I think computers could actually pick, pick a lot of delusion up. Um, 
um, which is wildly implicated in salience process and also wildly implicated in psychotic disorders. Specific regions have been associated with specific types of delusions. The volume of hippocampus and parahippocampus is related to paranoid delusions in Alzheimer's disease uh, and has been reported to be abnormal post-mortem in one person with delusions. Caphragus delusion has been associated with optotemporal damage which can be related to failure to elicit normal emotions and memories in response to faces. That is, that is very interesting. And you could really pick this up, I think, in, in terms of your, your speed of response. Negative symptoms. Psychosis is associated with ventral stratal hyperactivity during reward anticipation and feedback. Hypoactivity in the left ventral stratum is correlated with the severity of negative symptoms. While anhedrona is commonly reported symptoms in psychosis, hedonic experience is actually intact in most people with schizophrenia. The impairment may present itself as anhedonia probability actually lies in the inability to identify goals and to identify and engage in behaviours necessary to achieve goals. It's really interesting. Studies support a deficiency in the neural representation of goals and goals-directed behaviour by demonstrating that receipt, not anticipation of rewards, is associated with a robust response to the ventral stratum. Reinforced learning uh, is intact when contingencies about stimulus rewards are implicit, but not when they require explicit neural processing. Reward prediction errors during functional neuroimaging studies, particularly positive PEs, are abnormal. A positive prediction error response occurs when there is an increased activation in the brain region, typically the stratum, in response to an unexpected reward. A negative prediction error occurs when there is decreased activation in the region predicted by rewards do not occur. In AAC response, taken as an indicator of self of effort allocation does not increase with reward or reward probability increase. It is associated with negative symptoms, deficits of DLPFC activity and the failure to improve performance on negative tasks when offered monetary incentives are present. Dopamine medication mediated functions are abnormal, uh, which is sort of rather rather strange in terms of um, so the entire thing of gambling is that the reward is, is not predictable. So the brain is trying to predict the reward every time. And you've got alcohol uh, noise, diffuse noise coming from these things. If you go into gambling um, parlour, I just find it it, uh, it is pretty amazing that people, if people can speak and suggest an auto-delude, and you're going to be deluded anyway, it really behoves you to intelligently invest in group delusions, I think might be the story. Uh, which is sort of like, surely, surely Germany going into Russia was a massive group delusion, or the Vikings going into Greenland, a group delusion to go across. Neurobiology. Psychosis has been traditionally linked with overactivity of neurotransmitter dopamine. 
in particular the effect of mesolimbic pathways, the two major sources of evidence given to support the theory that our dopamine receptors D2 blocking drugs antipsychotics tend to reduce the intensity of psychotic statements, uh, symptoms and drugs that accentuate dopamine receipts or inhibit uh, its reuptake such as amphetamines and cocaine can trigger psychosis in some people. NMDA receptors uh, dysfunction has been proposed as a mechanism in psychosis. So uh, this you know, would just really require massive data analysis to come across, which is, I, I find this entire point extremely interesting because as we develop artificial intelligence and the model of group programming, we're coming out with something of human intelligence, which is um, uh, investment in communal delusion. So there's a normative delusion that that if you put on a suit, you will look important. Is sort of a general investment, a delusion associated with that. Yeah, okay. Um, the symptoms of dissociative intoxication are also considered to mirror the symptoms of schizophrenia, including negative symptoms. I, this is actually, unfortunately, negative symptoms was so densely written I couldn't understand it. M NMDA receptors antagonism, in addition to producing uh, symptoms reminiscence of psychosis mimics the neuropsychology aspects such as the reduction in the amplitude of p50 and p300 and mnn evoked potentials hierarchical bayesian neurocommunicational computational models of sensory feedback so bayesian means that you uh, rather than look at the probability look at the sum probabilities of things not happening and you also look at the cost in a system of getting knowledge, prediction knowledge, that would be it. The whole Bayesian theory. I really, really have to go back and look at the Bayesian again. Um, in agreement with the neuroimaging literature, link NMDA receptor hyperfunction to delusional or hallucinatory symptoms via proposing a failure of MDA-mediated top-down predictions to adequately cancel out um, the bottom-up AMPA-mediated prediction errors. Now, this is, I suppose the entire thing is biological systems operate with a sensor with a large error single and devoting energy to error correction which actually leads to a more sensitive thing so if i if i see something and i'm liable to misinterpret it and correct it i keep on looking at it from different angles coming in there's so many ways of doing it so by not getting it right and correcting for it is a, is a great way of getting sufficient analysis but if you saw something Got it right. Analysis. It wouldn't. It, it wouldn't. It wouldn't stand out. So something which is begins to be important and confusing. You look at it different ways, and it allows you to bring that signal out of the noise by having error correction to it. I wish I could explain it a bit better. 
Excessive prediction errors response to stimuli would normally not produce such a response um, through the route and conf uh, conferring excessive salience to otherwise mundane events. Dysfunction higher up in the hierarchy, uh, where representation is more abstract, uh, could result in delusions. A more common finding of reduced GAD67 expression in psychotic disorders may explain enhanced AMPA-mediated signaling caused by reduced GABAergic inhibition. I wish I could understand all that. The connection between dopamine and psychosis is generally believed to be complex. While dopamine receptor D2 suppresses um, adenate cyclase activities, the D1 receptor increases it. If D2 blocking drugs are administered, the blocked dopamine spills over to the D1 receptors. The increased catalase activities um, affects genetic expression in the nerve cell, and take, which takes time. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, hence, antipsychotic drugs take a week or two to reduce symptoms of psychosis. Moreover, newer and equally effective antipsychotic drugs actually block signals slightly less than dopamine in the brain and then older drugs whilst also blocking the 5H2AT receptors, suggesting dopamine hypothesis may be oversimplified. Zorka and colleagues found no evidence for dopamine dysfunction in people with alcohol-induced psychosis, and Zohan et al. reported moderately successful use of ondestron and 5-HT subscript 3 receptors antagonists in treatment of Deptovia psychosis and Parkinson's disease patients. Poor Parkinson's disease uh, patients. It's not amazing. It's, it's coming to you. Like the brain is such a complex system. It's, you know, how it lasts a hundred years. Imagine that. Like, no car, almost no house, no building lasts a hundred years. We have people lasting this long. Um, I review found the association between a first episode psychosis and pre-diabetes. I, I sort of love that in terms of you're always a complex thing but look if you have a bit of sugar that's that's a bit of complex prolonged or high dose use of psychostimulants can alter normal functioning making it similar to manic phase of bipolar disorder MNDA antagonists replicate some of the so-called negative symptoms like thought disorder and sub doses doses insufficient to produce, induce anesthesia and catatonia in high uh, catatonic yeah in high doses psychosimulus especially in ones already prone to psychotic thinking can cause some positive symptoms such as delusional beliefs particularly um, those precu uh, those precursory nature so um, the belief that something is meant to be is purely a delusion isn't it um, to, to get to get across so it is pretty amazing that you know your environment your history your diet and this incredibly complex system and it's sort of like this complex system like I can remember an event but the actual system itself is so complex that it's got its phases of moving and you can actually shift that phase left or right, or um, similar to me, I should say, sort of 
in this obsessive rehab. Hello there, Cecilia. How is today? another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.